1: In a
2: given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello and welcome back to another episode of
5: Don't. Blame me. Love it. Welcome to a podcast where we give you wonderful, amazing, life-changing advice. All of the above. You don't have to pick and choose. Like, it's wonderful. It's also life-changing. And I don't know any of the other adjectives that I did. But speaking of words and phrases, I was crushing Jeopardy a couple of days ago. Like, once I were watching it one night. And I was absolutely plowing through it because they had food categories and i said oh, okay i'm in my goddamn fucking element it was great and then we're watching one now that's um they put all the jeopardy episodes pluto tv if anyone's curious not a sponsor everyone's like how are you watching old episodes like alex trebek Mott's it's his absolute obsession and he put the time and energy in work and found out that they're on pluto tv so we <laughs> watched that and um they're in HD, though, and there is nothing more of a goddamn mindfuck than watching something that was released in 2012 with the quality of something that is released in 2024. Because I'm going, what are we... They're like something presidential, and then I'm, they're talking about it. I'm like, what are we... Like, no. And it's like, oh, no, this is like 12 years old.
6: Do you remember the day when everything switched over? No. Where it went from analog to digital, and they made a big deal about it because they are like, if you have an antenna you have to you it won't work anymore you have to get this the new antenna whatever it was and then everything changed and they didn't know how to light things anymore and everything Um, for about a year was everybody looked really orange on tv
5: wow i didn't know i didn't know that there was like a total sudden shift one day yeah yeah
6: it was like it was like for us equivalent to when everything went from black and white to color tv
5: no way yeah crazy i know i miss that was like a switch
6: yeah but like when the black and white color tv it was like a, like a switch and people were like dumb, which oh that's God. much more jarring no, i was than... like that's
5: like doing drugs like yeah that's maybe when that's why like that generation didn't need ayahuasca and our generation is like <laughs> i need i need <laughs> well, to go they had cocaine and, get, and things just well and available. like speed and just like yeah you know those prescriptions but yeah mm-hmm.
6: and they didn't even need a prescription for them
5: no true facts
6: yeah they could just
5: ooh, Coca-Cola. you've got a cold would you like yeah and it's like really 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 uh took the edge off and it's like you don't yeah. say um but yeah like so like watching it it is a mind fuck because like i associate certain qualities with certain time yeah. periods and so when they go back and they make something that was not of that quality they like redo it especially for like tv like that Mm-hmm. it's so fucking weird because i go these are some very unfashionable people and i'm not saying that jeopardy has like outfits like people aren't necessarily turning looks but i'm just like damn people are really i was like these people are stuck in their ways and i go oh my god no <laughs> megan this is she's wearing that because it is 2006 it's just okay so um but yeah i was crushing it the other day and um i don't know how I that came that up we talk talking about words I feel like Mott and my dad would have a
6: good old time just sitting down because my dad also was Jeopardy. Well, my grandmother was like, it's a shame that she never like got to go on Jeopardy because yeah. we'd watch any. She knew the the answers to everything or That's the so impressive. question, I should say. But um, she knew everything, everything. Even when she got had Alzheimer's, she still would know all the answers for that. That was the thing that like.
5: I mean Captain Sharp mm-hmm. That part never goes away That's crazy Because like I think that like You know Whether it's like Bar, pub, trivia Or like Jeopardy or whatever Like people who I have like a Definitely have like A collection of random facts But like It's all based on like hyperfixations Or things that mm-hmm. I've cared about People who are like everything and they don't even have to like really care about it but they just know it and their brain will store that information even if they don't really care I'm always so fucking impressed by like Mott will pull out some answers like completely out of his ass and I go I don't even know what they were asking like I don't even (laughs) understand what they're asking and like you have an answer for this thing that I don't even know what the question is like that's so impressive to me but yeah I told him I wanted him to put on his vision board which we talk about in tomorrow's episode um I was like we gotta put you doing these Jeopardy practice quizzes because it's your time. Get get your ass on Jeopardy. But the thing I told him we have to work on is when he misses something, he needs to not say fuck right
7: after. I think i like,
6: If you're on TV with cameras pointing at you, it's different.
5: I love him to death, but I do think that's what we will work on the most in our training. But they, um, they edit it, so they can just edit it out. That's true. Jeopardy is you know, in life. It, it ruins the flow of the, of the, the pace of the Maybe game. You just mess up everybody else. Facts but also i did see read, read an article that um emma stone is like dangerously close to getting on jeopardy like i don't know it's like a jeopardy producer like like somehow it came up in topics, I'm sure in the award season time, like a conversation. And it's that like she applies for Jeopardy like every year for the last couple so of years and
6: do Celebrity She Jeopardy, doesn't do want to do Celebrity Jeopardy. She, just she wants to, wants to be get on. on.
5: And they were like, they don't play favorites or yeah, yeah, you know, you can't really cut the line in that one. And so they were like, we would love to have the- on Celebrity Jeopardy. And she's like, no, no, I'm going on there based on like my own skill and merit of like the game of Jeopardy. And they were like, it's not a matter of if it's when and, like she's very good, like she's getting hmm. farther and farther each time. And Mom was like, great. "Imagine I get on Jeopardy! It's just episode. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "That would be so funny." But I love did it. Did you see Anyways. the movie Quiz Lady? Movie Quiz Lady?
6: Mm-hmm. It's only on. It's a movie, Hulu, I believe.
5: Space Quiz Lady.
6: It's a movie called Quiz Lady.
5: Okay, that's what I meant. Movie Space Quiz Lady. Not like, yes. did you see the at account movie Quiz Lady? No.
6: Okay. It's got uh, Nora from Queen in it and Sandra O. Oh. They play sisters. It's interesting, but it's basically about somebody who's very good at quiz shows. And so they uh, get onto a show that's Jeopardy-like.
5: Oh, I would like this then. Again, something we talk about tomorrow. That Aquafina's not in it. Nora from
6: Queens is in it.
5: No, no, that Nora from Queens is not in the feature length film we talk about in tomorrow's episode. Oh, 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 oh that's the biggest shock to me i like kept pausing going where's her name maybe because one's from the
6: bronx and one's from queens
5: oh, turf wars is what you're trying to yes. you're trying to start you're trying to incite but is her names. best friend was her best hold on was her best friend not in in that trailer leah passed leah said i'm so sorry no she's not in it that's wild do you think she's like a secret cameo she must.
6: She must she has because to. like they they she's in do interviews act, together. She's in everything. Yeah, they do interviews together all the time. I love them as a duo. I do too. Like the, they do this.
5: Their TikToks. They're them like fighting. Yeah. Have no, you seen? They're, like they're like sisters. Yes, but you know she's got to be in. It. It's it got to be a surprise. But is it a surprise? Well, I think we're in for a lot of surprises of the mo- in the movie. Like I think I'm going to be constantly surprised and delight. And we're not telling you what this movie is because I really want everyone to get the reaction you If you can deduce it, you you got it, and I think if you can deduce it, you've already seen the trailer, like I think yeah, if you can I tell trailing, yeah, I think if you can tell what we're talking about like you know, you're probably already up up to date, but otherwise, tomorrow's episode, see you next Tuesday. It's a riveting one where we talk about what will be you know, we talk about Song of the Summer, what about the movie of February because movie's about to be the movie of February <laughs> and it and is a wait. birthday
6: present to me
5: hmm specifically can't wait love it anyways um i guess we should introduce ourselves if you're brand new here my name is megan and my name is melissa diamond montz i and gave if, my full name oh love that and if anyone has any ideas um if we were to start a company what we should call it yeah we can't yeah. do m M&M. m no for obvious reasons two obvious reasons one chocolate other wrap wrapper So we are going to give some advice and how you participate and how you call in for advice is uh, multiple ways. So you can leave us a voicemail at 310-694-0976. If you're an international listener, you can send us an audio message at meganpodcast at gmail.com. So for both of those like audio versions, we'll play your call. It's all anonymous. You have to be Asian or over, have your parents' permission. And we ask or we require you keep it under three minutes and we ask that you include as much detail as possible. So because it's anonymous, use fake names, not like initials or something, something we can follow. And we recommend that you write it all down first, practice a couple times, time it, make sure you're under that three minute mark, add in more information as need be, cut out things that are unnecessary, and then you can just read it and record either the voicemail or the voice memo. And then we also accept written submissions now. So you can send us a DM to our Instagram account, which is by Me- just by Megan and Melissa, podcast by? I think it's
6: just Megan and Melissa. It's called,
5: oh, yeah, I had to change it because someone finally dropped that one. <laughs> yeah. um, you can send it to our podcast Instagram account, which is at Megan and Melissa, Megan with an H, Melissa with one S. And that has to be under 300 words. And you can also send an written email to the same email address, meganpodcast at gmail.com and do the same thing so under 300 words and just get out all of the information that is pertinent to us giving you advice because the better and more relevant information we have the better advice we can we can give you and let us know if you're sensitive
6: all right so uh should
5: we get into the update oh we've got an update hell yeah
6: So this is from an episode where the original caller had been working at their job and their grandfather was ill. And so they were taking care of their grandfather and the people that they work with were not her boss, not her boss. The people that they work with that have nothing to do with her direct job were like complaining and making snide comments about her being able to work from home when they can't. All right. So here's the update. Hi, guys. Thank you for featuring my call. A lot of your assumptions were correct. I'm a personal assistant to a doctor who works out a number of clinics. I am based at the one she works the most. My colleagues are either PAs to other doctors or clinic staff. So our working relationships are nothing more than me booking rooms or exchanging patient notes. Anyway, an update. So I came back to work after the holidays, took your advice on board, and really appreciated the validation that it's not me being insane and my colleagues are just being rude. Day one, someone made a comment about me starting at 11 a.m. The convo went as follows. Would you like to play
5: them? Oh, sure. Me.
6: Sorry, I don't understand. What do you mean by that?
5: Well, it must be nice not having to bother coming in before 11
6: a.m. Me in a super friendly and light tone. What an odd thing to say. Yes, I am lucky that my boss allows me to work flexibly, but I wouldn't say it was nice to spend two hours this morning helping to feed my dying grandfather. I'd be happy to come in at AM and not be in that position. As I'm sure you can imagine, things went quiet after that. <laughs> I later got in on behalf of everyone type apology from another colleague who overheard and an offer for help slash cover if I need to take time off while I was going through so much. Unfortunately, my granddad passed away at the end of that first week back, which was very sad for us, but for the best for him. While it means that my problem is solved, for want of a better word, I found your advice and validation super helpful and feel much more prepared for if a situation like this were to happen again. So thank you so much.
5: What a wonderful update! I'm so sorry about your grandfather passing, but I'm I'm glad that you're like this was for the best for him at this mm-hmm. point. And can I say that you took our advice with flying fucking colors? And the what an odd thing to say, like you just like a f- gold stars crushed it. Wonderful, like took the advice and look where this ugh, so great. You should also take him up on um covering a shift like you know like or they need to like help you out or something if you've like funeral arrangements or even just um like oh i'm like want to take a mental health day because like i'm still really grieving with that so i would take them up on it like it's definitely like a satisfying feeling um as that like oh okay look now that now who's the like now you're the fucking asshole Mm -hmm. um take people up on that stuff
6: yeah you never this is why you should never just make comments about things one it's not your fucking business, mm-hmm. but two, like you never know what people are going through. You never yeah. know.
5: And the assumption is so fucking weird to me, because if I started a job at like 8 a.m. and someone came in at 11, my automatic thought process is um, this person has kids and has to like bring them to school and bring them to they have to have they've had an un- they've already had a morning routine before they got to work. And this is the start of my day, but they've already had a full other day there or they have like an incredibly long commute or they've got an or incredibly long commute that also involves public transportation. And like that, like I'm thinking if you're coming in late, I'm like, damn, you must have got, I'm the one who lucked out. I'm already here this early. Like this means my day's going a lot easier. I assume that yours has been, you've already had a full fucking day before mine has started. It's like, it's such a weird assumption to make. Yeah, and if
6: it's not interrupting their job, why the fuck do they care?
5: They need more work. They're hella bored.
6: Yeah. And they're jealous, which they didn't have anything to be jealous about. Mm -hmm. Maybe they just like hate their bosses and they were jealous because they thought that your boss was being more lenient. So they were taking it out on you. But again, you never know what people are going through.
5: Yeah. And it's just such like a petty thing because I'm like, if that's the case, if you feel so bold and confident in your decision that you're going to like make snide remarks to the employee... Really, what you should feel comfortable telling your boss, like, why aren't you more like the other boss? Why why can't I start Mm -hmm. later? Because you're going to get humbled incredibly quickly. So it's just like that power struggle. We're going to take a break. And when we get back, we'll get into the advice portion.
3: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
6: In our live stream, our listeners are always recommending and talking about books. So we're so excited about book of the month because this is something that our listeners are going to love.
8: This is a brand that I've been familiar with for a a long time. I like love watching people talk about it. I love seeing what books people are reading and like what books they have available. And I I, I love I love everything about it. So I'm so excited for someone who like, (laughs) you know, the ease of getting into a book, a lot of it can feel like really daunting. So to have like a service where it's like you're going to get like high quality hardcover books, which. That's my preferred way to read at incredible prices, but also curated. So it's like amazing, cool, wonderful, great. This is it's kind of like a a straight shot into that and something that Book of the Month you can do over and over and over again. And one of the great things about it is the longer you are part of the program, the cheaper the books get.
6: Book of the Month's mission is to help readers discover new books they love and promote the work of emerging authors.
5: We're back from our break and we're gonna get into the calls. And I do realize at the beginning I forgot to promote our Patreon. And maybe that is because I look so gorgeous and beautiful today. And I'm like, hmm, you know, I just don't want to make other people so insecure. Um, but yeah, we do video versions of the podcast on Patreon. And we also, um, if you want to play with us on Monopoly, go go join our Patreon. If <laughs> <laughs> you want to play with us. Yeah, play with us. <laughs> um, and uh, we also do live streams twice a month. Um, january's ending so if you've joined before you would have had so many more in january um and we it's still a, got more to catch up on though that's true join today <laughs> yeah and um we have a great grand old jolly old time you can be friends with people and not just us like we're we're just there yeah they hang out without us all the time yeah international domestically um yeah. a recent quote <laughs> was there's two of them who have beef right now And we were asking about like, what's the beef? And it's like a very non-serious, we know it's non-serious beef. And it says, it was like, well, Mary says, well, I told Erica she was a stupid bitch. (laughs) And now every time we're talking in our group chat about Monopoly Go and any interaction between Erica and Mary, I just do quotes. And then I told Erica, she's a stupid bitch. I'm like, I'm not going to let you guys live down this beef. Uh, It's great. And I do think that that comment might've actually come from a Monopoly Go beef. Like, what did it st- Like, why was Erica a stupid bitch?
6: I forgot, but I know there was a Leah Michelle involved with that too.
5: Yes. These are very layered friendships and relationships you can have if you join our Patreon. Mm-hmm. So please, please join. All right.
6: Let's get into the first call.
9: I'm Megan and Melissa. I'm calling in with some advice on buyers' remorse due to her making me feel guilty on my first designer bag purchase. I come from a very small town, and my brother-in-law and his wife and a large side of that family comes from an even smaller side of the town. And recently, I worked two jobs. I work full-time, um, I make really good money. It's something that I've always wanted, and I've always been a bit bougie that way, is my first designer bag. And I've had a few fakes, and I just thought, you know, I'm almost 30. This is going to be my birthday gift to myself, and I'm going to do it. So I purchased my first Louis Vuitton bag. It was about $3,000, and nobody in my town really has it. Like, it's really rare to see someone carrying a real designer bag, even though a lot of people have fake ones. I haven't posted about it anywhere, you know, I bought it for myself. The only person that knows is my partner. And, you know, I guess his family got wind of it because I was carrying it around and someone asked if it was real. And it's not a big bag. It's just like a little shoulder Louis Vuitton bag. It's nothing crazy. And this weekend I was really ripped on for it. They were saying I would never spend that money. There was a room of like eight people and they basically just sat there and bashed me for, you know, I would say about 40 minutes. And, it's just, I feel really guilty now about buying it. I'm like, should I return it? Was this a horrible investment? I make good money. I work two full-time jobs. My, I also had a death in the family. My dad actually just passed away. I got a lump sum of inheritance. And you know, this is something I've always wanted. And I just said, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And so now I feel really guilty about it. I tried to lay the girl math on them and say, you know, these people in these small towns buy all these quads, these snowmobiles for, like, $10,000, $20,000, they, you know, spend hundreds of thousands probably down here on their sleds throughout their whole life, fixing them and new tracks and oil changes and ripping off fenders and all this stuff. And then they sell it for way less than they bought it. And me, I'm saying if I really wanted to sell this, I could probably sell it for 70% of what I paid for it, I'm thinking. Anyways, I feel really guilty about it. They made me feel really shitty. I have a lot of anxiety. And just some advice would be really greatly appreciated. Thank you both so much.
6: Unless you bought this bag and then turned around and asked them for grocery money, they have no say in how you spend your money, period. This sounds like people that are jealous that you have this bag and and jealous that you got an inheritance. Like, just let them, they can talk all they want. Like, they can say whatever they want. And I know it it makes you feel, like, guilty for doing what you did, which was you bought something that you wanted. You work two full-time jobs. Like, you can spend your money on whatever the fuck you want to spend your money on. That's none of their goddamn business unless they are giving you money for something. That's the only way it would be their business.
5: I agree. I want to say I love your girl math because as a huge proponent of girl math over regular math, it's the only math Mm -hmm. I can do. Um, I didn't even like the fact that you specifically brought up like that they have all these like snowmobiles and like uh, quads and like all like that kind of shit. I'm like, great fucking point. The resale value. Great fucking point. And also, might I add, your Louis Vuitton little shoulder bag is not going to kill anybody. It's not going to leave you end you up in the ER. You don't even have a long enough strap for there to be an act like an accident like that. Like these are things that people are spending money on that, like, yes, depreciate in value, but also like are like there's active risk. Like you opt Mm -hmm. into a physical risk when you do them. It could be also property risk. Like you could run into something like all of these other things like the insurance for a for a snowmobile is much more difficult than you know assumedly your renters or homeowners insurance which would cover the, the material possessions and like are you this is just like there is like absolutely no logic here i would be curious not that i wish you included it but like i would ask yourself these ask yourself these questions you said there were like it was like 40 minutes eight people going in on you about this who were those people and then i would ask yourself what do they do for work who do they live with do they have kids? What are their kids like? And what is that? Because to me, it is sounds like, yes, it's jealousy, but ingrained in the sense of like, if this is like women, like ingrained in the sense of like, women are not supposed to buy themselves nice things. Like, this is not like, you should not be putting yourself first. And like, th- th- that is that is a frivolous purchase when instead, you should be doing something else. Or is it that like, would, would they have had the same reaction if your partner bought it for you? Because like that's what I also wonder because there's something that's like well that's like that's out that's so extravagant no 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 and like I've had people um, who have like made comments about things that I have like specifically purses designer handbags same thing that I bought myself in the past and that i sorry I w- forgot
8: yeah <laughs> I and know you that, told me <laughs>
5: that was like it would be like well then buy me that and it became like it's like a what like If I buy myself something nice to treat myself and this person is not subtle and it wasn't, you you know, I didn't have to infer what they meant. And it was literally like, you know, I bought them like a $500 handbag and it was like, well, I don't want this. I want, I want the one that you have. And it's like, you don't even know the designer. You don't even like that bag. Like you gave me shit for that bag, but it's like, it's just becomes like a competition and like there's that level of jealousy and they're, they're detaching any, of the steps that it took to get there and also any of the fucking perspective that it takes because you know i think like you don't if you don't have people that you have to provide for financially and you're and you have the disposable income everybody's going to spend that disposable income on something and if they don't spend that disposable income the, to me that begs a question like I said begs because I got in your i, I got was like, it whoa I was like oh my god i'm t- by osmosis I've taken on the accent because as soon as you said it you can't hear us well like listening a girl but I just kept going beg beg like i was i love was loving it um but if you have a disposable income and you like you want for nothing like let's i'm not saying that this is your circumstance or whatever but like if anyone else went through all of this and they lost their dad got an inheritance which is sad money that's not like fun good money it is like sad money and to me getting that money is not like a tax return money that is like how can I turn this thing that is like really sad and horrible and grieving um I don't want to just go into my bank account to pay for my bills once my bills are all covered I have this left over like let me make something that reminds me of this person like let, let me like let me make this into something that like I treasure and I love that I know that was contributed to by this. So like I think if people cannot spend money on themselves, that's an issue. Like that becomes like, well then why don't why don't you want to treat yourself? Like why don't you want to give something nice for you if you can only derive pleasure from people pleasing others and like, oh no, I'm going to spend it on this person. I'm going to spend it on this person, and do all of that. That's not this like really virtuous like noble kind of like really big-hearted person. To me, I'm like that is like you're a chronic crippling people pleaser that like you should be able to treat yourself and be excited about it. And so their, their criticism of you is trying to get you to get back, get into that mindset of that you don't mm-hmm. deserve to do that for yourself. And so that guilt shut that down so fucking fast because it will catch on. You will begin to feel like that and that will trickle into other things in your, your life of being like, well, no, I don't, I don't deserve that. And it's like, well, why don't you? Why don't you deserve that? Like, tell me why. You don't have to be, that doesn't be like, well, here's the reasons why I deserve it come up with a reason why you don't deserve it because that's, it doesn't exist. And and this is just, it's pure jealousy. So I would, um, I would, I would probably just like say like, if it comes up the next time, just like, this is just such a weird conversation. Like, so like, w- what's up? Like, is everything okay? Like, do you want me to like drop a hint to your partner that like, you want something like this? I'd be happy to go shopping with you. Like vision board. Like, I'll let you know if my second job is hiring. Like, this is how long it took. Like, Give it like the practical aspect of be like I feel like this is like causing you a lot of like grief like do you i'm I'm sure we could find a cute dupe for you like if you love it that much, like just I think when people are being stupid, make them feel more stupid, all right, ready,
8: Yes.
7: Hi, Megan and Melissa. I would love some advice on splitting household chores with my boyfriend. Uh, I'm 23. I use she, her pronouns. My boyfriend is 24. he him pronouns. We've been together for two years and have lived together for seven months. And when we first moved in together, I was only working part-time. So I took on most of the household chores, which I was totally fine with because I had so much free time. And my boyfriend usually works 50 to 60 hours per week. Um, In October, I started full-time work 40 hours per week. Um, 100% from home, and I also started a master's program that is also 100% from home, um, and that's about 20 hours per week of studying. Uh, Before I started full-time work in school, my boyfriend and I agreed that he would take on more household chores, since now I'll be doing the same amount, if not more, work than he is. Um, But this has not happened. (laughs) During the day, I take breaks from work to do quick chores like wipe down the counters or vacuum or take out the trash. And I don't mind this because I need to get up from my desk and move and doing chores is productive and it makes me feel good at the end of the day. But what I don't like is that I end up cooking dinner every night and it's mentally exhausting for me to take stock of what we have and plan meals and cook every night. Because my boyfriend usually gets home between 6 and 7 p.m. And because I always cook, he offers to always do the dishes. But this man will do 80% 80% of the dishes and he'll leave the rest to soak overnight and he doesn't put any clean dishes away ever. So every morning I get up after he's already left for work and there's dirty dishes in the sink and there's a pile of clean dishes in the drying rack and I have to deal with all of this because I cook myself breakfast and lunch every day and I can't do my own dishes until I deal with his first. Um I don't know how to bring up this specific dishes thing to him and the overall dissatisfaction with the workload. Because in the past, when I've asked him to do stuff, he says that I'm nagging him, even though it's the first time I've asked him to do something. And he, he also says that he's just so tired from work and doesn't want to have to come home to list of chores. Um, I really don't feel appreciated for how much work I'm doing on top of all of my regular work and schoolwork. And it really frustrates me that he considers me asking him to do stuff around our shared apartment as nagging. The other thing that really bothers me is that I know he's capable of respecting shared spaces and being cognizant of like your own mess in these spaces, because the first six months that we were dating, he lived with two of his best friends, and he told me that he never wanted roommate issues to affect their friendship. So he was always super clean and on top of doing all of his chores. So it really frustrates me that he doesn't have the same attitude towards our relationship right now.
5: Um, any advice would be so helpful. Thank you so much. Can I just do
6: this real quick?
5: Please. <sighs> I'm fuming. Like the personification of like there's smoke and steam coming out of my ears. Like my muscles are
6: burning because I'm gripping so hard. I'm so mad at this.
5: Yeah, I'm doing a Kegel right now.
6: I wasn't that deep, but my my fist is is balled up and I have prints in my... Uh, nail prints in my palm
7: oh my god
5: i i don't want to be like reddit and just be like divorce (laughs) it's like you're you know you're together in a relationship so it's not divorce in that sense but like break up um but uh because i do think that this is a very common problem but and, and i think i think it's a common and unfortunately persistent yet fixable problem And I think it fucking sucks to have to do like um, emotional labor or have to like, I think having to parent your partner out of needing to parent them still fucking sucks. Like it's a means to an end. But like, I don't love that. It's kind of common that it's like the TikTok sound like somebody cooked here. And it's like the only person who should have cooked there is your mother. That's the only person who should have cooked there. I don't want any other girlfriend to have been like, oh, he's well, he's he's been broken in. He's house trained because he had another girlfriend who had to put all of this work in to get him to that point. So like, Just because it's a common thing um, doesn't mean that it doesn't fucking suck. But I really don't like his outlook and response. I don't know how fixable that outlook and response is. I think slipping into specifically depending if he grew up in a household where it was uh, he had a mom around and even if he had like grandmothers around, if he had like women in his life who were older than him who did a lot of the work and if he had. Brothers, or whether had sisters, but didn't grow up with the sisters. Like if you're not in the house with like a a girl your age, if you were just kind of the boys and the babies, I think it's pretty um, common for men to be really uh, used to women taking care of them without even realizing that that's what's going on. And the realization of that by pointing it out, which again we shouldn't even be in that position, should be one that is often and usually met with like embarrassment and shame and uh, a desire to fix it. And it might not be it doesn't necessarily get fixed overnight. But if you want to put the work into a relationship where you have a partner who's like not carrying their weight, it's like, okay. so do I do I drop this relationship? Or if you don't want to, you want to put the work in and it's like they're not they can't clean like and it's just like i'm finding myself i'm just taking over because they're not fucking doing it you sit there and you tell it is like you either take on that task yourself which is what you should not be doing or you repeatedly correct them until they do it and that should be something that might be met with again embarrassment and like a little bit of shame and like ah you know and I will say, like, I love Mots to absolute death. But, like, I get on him about the dishes. Like, the dishes are his thing. I don't like wet mess. That is, like, I have a really hard time with it. And I don't like the feeling of rubber gloves on my hands. So he does dishes. He also does the 80% thing, which I'm like, okay, whatever. Like, that's something that, like, I'm not bothered by because I'm not cooking or using the dishes in there at that time. If there's dishes in the sink. I'm going to wait until you fix them before I'm making anything. Like, whatever that is. But, like... If I would stand behind him and be like, no, you missed a spot here. And he'd be like, okay, well, just I'm gonna fix it, but like I don't, I'm gonna feel embarrassed if like you look at all of these, like, I wanna fix this. Like, this is my bad. Like, I didn't do the dishes with my glasses on, like I should have. And like, I'm mortified. I don't even want you to see, I'm gonna assume the other dishes are bad. I don't even want you to see it. I'm gonna clean up the whole kitchen and I'll come back. But to kind of just double down in the sense of like, there's no embarrassment, there's no shame. It's just, no, this is I don't wanna do it. I don't wanna do it. I'm not going to do it there. He doesn't have any embarrassment or shame in how he's conducting himself here and that's something that I don't know how fixable it is. Right, cuz like
6: I think he's seen you working from home as still you being at home and not as a job. Also you going to school, he's not taking that seriously. Um and then because you're doing chores in between working then he is also seeing that as like, oh, she can do whatever she wants while she's at home. What I would do, but I'm sure you don't want to do because you want to get on top of things, is um, I wouldn't work like chores are still work regardless. So like you're taking a break from your paying job, but you're still doing work. You're not actually taking a break. I would personally stop doing that those chores during the working paid hours and schoolwork hours. And then that way he can see how much of a actual mess it is when he comes home. And then when he comes home, he can see all of that because you've been busy working all day, just like he has. You've yep. been, you spend 40 hours at work and 20 hours in your master's program. He's working 50 to 60 hours. It's the same amount of time. So like j- if you stop doing that, then I think that he might be able to visualize it more, that there's a lot more housework that is going on because it's like for him, it's like he comes home and just sees dirty dishes and thinks that's the starting point, And that's not the starting point because you've been working, doing chores throughout the day. Um, But th- this infuriates me so much. Um,
0: yeah.
6: And I think maybe just having, I know he said he doesn't want to come home to a list of chores. Maybe have a, a, a a chore list that you have at the beginning of the week. So then it's not, he's not coming home to it. It's Mm -hmm. already there.
5: Yeah. And then everybody can mark off what they're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. I
6: like, like we can sit down together and we'll come up with the list together, but it's not like something that you're giving to him because making that list is also doing chores. Mm -hmm. That is another chore. That is something that y'all should be doing together because you are in a shared space.
8: Yeah.
5: So like, I'm not going to lie and say that like this, this is, this is still like a point of not a point of contention, but like, this is like, I will still have to remind mods. Like when we were getting ready for Christmas, I like so much to like, I'm like, like, we've got so much to do and so much to clean. And I look over and he's like (laughs) emptied out these like boxes that are in, our like a hallway. And he's like, well, I just want to reorganize it. So it looks nice. And I went, nobody's looking there like clean the cat, like clean the countertop, like, come on, like, let's just do this. Like I can, I can totally understand like getting that. But the 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 difference there is that I'm not nagging. He does not think that it is nagging. And uh, immediately there is, oh, shit, you're right. That was a bad call. Let me fix this. Let me not do that again. And uh, let me be proactive in all of these things. And there is zero, zero attitude. It is only progress, <laughs> not like this kind of pushback and that's like a thing like i do think it's unfortunate that like it takes a long time like it takes like a long time when um if you've kind of had like split And I also didn't grow up in a clean house. So like I, when I moved out on my own, like that was, it was like my responsibility only. And like, I also don't know how to ask people for help, but also it's not even asking people for help. So like there is a learning curve, even from your side of it too, of like what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with. And I think in regardless of any relationship, the divvying of um, responsibilities and the mental load, no matter how progressive you were raised or someone does everything right, like it's going, you're going to have to figure each other out. You're going to have to kind of go through that but you have to be equal partners. Like he's not even trying to participate in this. Like he doesn't even, this is a problem that he doesn't even see as a pro. It's not a problem to him because like it's getting done. And so it's just what fucking ever. And I think that like that level of disrespect, is a big issue. And I would bring that up in the conversation of like, I think that's incredibly disrespectful to call me nagging when we live in this shared space. When you have when you had roommates, you didn't want that to affect a friendship, but this is affecting Mm -hmm. our relationship. So your fear of coming across as nagging to me is I would call it an orange flag that he has gotten in your head and in your ear that you also then think it is nagging. When you're talking to us, you know, you're having some, you're like, well it's not, you know, it's not nagging because it's a shared place. But the fact that you don't even know how to bring it up to him without you then thinking that you will be the villain in the circumstance or situation. I think that's a big problem. Like this, I, I don't, I don't like that. And I would also on top of what Melissa said, like you just, you need to stop doing those things. Like you need to stop cleaning and stop doing those things. And like, you might have to live in absolute mess and disgust and you might hate it. And it might not be good for your mental health, but I, unfortunately I do think you need to do it for a little bit doesn't mean that he's going to change but it might all it it's either going to change him or it will change how you view him and that will be what you need i would stop cooking dinner i would make yourself something if you have an air fryer something like that like pick an appliance that you use like get buy a bunch of like frozen Trader joe's meals whether that's like a microwave or you put them in the oven making yourself whatever something like that where it's like a singular dish
7: yeah, and he comes just, home from
5: work and you've made yourself your own. You, you've you made yourself a chicken tiki masala from Trader Joe's that you heated up in the microwave. And that that's what that and he has nothing. There's no food there for him. He didn't start dinner like he does not get to. He does not get to critique uh you for asking him to participate and then reap all of the benefits of your participation in the relationship. Yeah,
6: because like you just made that. Well, instead of, you know, doing the other chores that you're doing, you made that during one of your breaks and you're going to eat it and then go back and do your homework. Mm
5: -hmm. And I would throw like, I would throw the trash away in like a the garbage can outside, like do all the, like he does not get to benefit from like a full trash can. So it needs to not impede on your life in, Mm -hmm. in any way that it can. So like, you know, don't let the trash can fill up inside, you know, take the extra couple seconds to go outside. And like, it feels really like over the top and extra, but the, the time and energy that like the the mental aspect of this of like feeling disrespected by your partner is so much more layered than feeling disrespected by a roommate or a friend because it's like
8: you're you i love see how me. you tr-
5: yes and i see how you treat other people and then like you want to fucking raw dog this like are you kidding me i also would not be having sex with him um but like if he wants naggy bitch wife <laughs> then he can have naggy bitch wife but then Naggy bitch wife, you then then you get to reap the benefits of being naggy bitch wife. So then what? You don't have a job. He funds everything, and um, you have like an endless credit card limit, and you're bugging him for more money, and like you live in this mansion, and you've got all of these people the, working there. If he wants to, if he wants to put those in those, if he wants to put you both in those roles, first of all, you have to agree to it. But he needs to be, do, he needs to be, he needs to be giving you something. So you have absolutely everything. There is nothing you want for and all you want is more, more, more. There you go. There sprangle, you can be a naggy bitch wife. Exactly. Exactly. If you, if that's the rules, he says that you are. Where's your allowance? Right. <laughs> like, what's he bringing to the table in all of like, what does he think he's bringing to the table? So I would also like have a list like I did this with Moss before where um. again, cleaning is like I didn't grow up in a clean house. So like cleaning is something that like I have to constantly think about being on top of. And like I'll do research because I'm like, you know, I'm embarrassed. That I don't know how to clean a lot of things. Like I didn't know how to do laundry for a long time. And then I my apartment caught on fire because um, it was installed wrong. And so then that was a traumatic wasn't your issue. Fault, though. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But that was like that was the time that I was learning how to do laundry for the first time. Um, and so I was like, oh, damn, this is not boding well. Um, but like we sat down and I, I wrote down, I asked him, I was like, write down everything that you do, chores related around the house, and I'll write down everything that I do. And very quickly, as he's writing it, he goes, I'm, let's come back to this in a little bit because I'm the fact that I'm having a hard time thinking past like these certain couple things that don't happen daily. Like I'm, I'm gonna, I need to work on this more. And I'm like, well, I also need to work on these other things there. But you're not a partnership or a unit right now, it is like you versus him. And that is a really difficult spot to get out of when someone is totally fine with that dynamic. Mm -hmm. What's his relationship like with his mother or whoever raised him, any woman that raised him in his life? All right. We're going to take a break.
6: we're back from our break
5: did we spend the break shit talking that man even more yes yes we did some of the things i said should not be on recording some of the things you said
6: were things that you would have said three years ago
7: yeah
5: but we've we've evolved a
7: little bit yeah we've changed
4: yeah we've
5: grown <laughs> we've matured i'm making i'm so healthy all right uh do you want to read it or you want me to read it let me open that one. I can read it. Hi, Eminem. I have lots of, I have lots of coworker problems. Exclamation point. I love the uh, enthusiasm though. This, this is, is about- the same.
6: I, just for uh, clarity, this is the same person that wrote in about the weight loss talk at their
5: job. Oh my God. <laughs> that was already enough of a problem and mm-hmm. we've got more. Maybe, maybe, maybe a new job. Okay. Okay. Um, This is about people I met at work, but I don't work with. I have a friend group at work that I do happy hours with. We are 23 to 25 and started our jobs at the same time. We eat lunch together in the break room most days and other people often join us. A few months ago, 29-year-old Ron started sitting with us. He became close with Xander, a member of the group. Xander started inviting him to happy hours. I can tell Ron thinks we are close and I don't like it. (laughs) A few weeks ago, Ron told me that he had a falling out with his friends. Since then, he's been trying to fit into my friend. He's been trying to fit my friend group into that gap. Last Monday, Ron asked Xander to add him to the group chat. Oh, faux pas. Xander created a new group chat with Ron. Apparently, Ron was annoyed. Wait, I'm sorry. Xander created a Xander? new group chat with Ron. Xander's a, Xander's a real one. Xander yeah, Xander knows.
6: plays both sides.
5: Yeah, Xander went, I'm doing this because I got it. But mm-hmm. I, I know the vibes. Apparently, Ron was annoyed that Xander didn't add him to the pre-existing group chat. Oh, my God. On Thursday, karaoke starts at nine. The group was busy until later. Xander couldn't go. Around eight, Ron texts us asking when we are getting to karaoke. What the fuck? I assume Xander must have told him about karaoke and given him the wrong time. (laughs) Everyone arrives around 10. Ron had been waiting there for two hours. Pretty rude of Xander to tell him the wrong time, right? Well, we need to teach Xander to be a little bit more direct. Xander's doing uh, or, the passive aggressive. Yeah. I'm just trying to subtly hint that I don't want to be friends with this person. Um, uh, Oh, so Ron had been waiting for two hours. Pretty rude of Xander to tell him the wrong time. Right? Wrong. Xander didn't even tell Ron about karaoke. <gasps> we were jumping ahead. Ron asked Xander what we were doing on Thursday and Xander said the girlies might be going out. This is how I know I like Xander. And when mm-hmm. you refer, you know, we are the girlies. Then, without texting anyone for clarification, Ron drove to the karaoke place he heard us mention before without knowing what time to get there and waited two hours for us to arrive. How do we ditch this stalker without him reacting badly? I'm glad we're calling it what it is, that he is a stalker. Or he just needs friends. Well, as somebody who also needs friends. um, You don't
6: go around stalking.
5: And if I did, I would highly appreciate if I was put into my place so I didn't do that again, so therefore I might actually get closer to making friends. Yeah.
6: Um, and also, I feel like Ron has put himself in his own place because you just go somewhere and assume people are arriving at a time and now you're waiting for two hours on a Thursday like, after 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 30 minutes. I would have been
2: gone. Why are you?
6: I I do feel a little bit for Ron because Ron obviously um, is lonely and wants to be part of a group.
5: So um, do but... I get in line, Ron. Can, can you let me finish my <laughs> Yeah, I can. I can, hopefully. Ron is
6: lonely and wants to be part of a group. But Ron needs to realize that this isn't how we go about making friends. When Ron saw that he was added to, or maybe Ron didn't even realize that, m- maybe Ron thought he was being added to the big group, but was just added. You know, they created a new group in order of Ron, but no one's actually talking in that group. And Ron thinks that he's in the main group.
5: He's just sending uh, memes. Where yeah. is everyone?
6: And then part of me is like, I, I I realize that that Ron is, you know, being a little stalkerish, but y'all are being kind of meanish too because you're not including Ron in things.
5: I don't think Ron is, I don't think people like Ron.
6: I understand that. Uh, but like, there's also like a little bit of mean girly stuff going on here.
5: Totally. I think when someone tries to be like, is is too overly friendly and too overly comfortable for me, that is like, I get my like very defensive kind of things. I'm like, I really don't like that in a sense of like a group kind of setting. I like people who I can have like individual conversations with where it's like, oh, I feel like I've known you forever. But like, I don't like slipping into that in like a mm-hmm. into a group setting because it also like then people aren't even going to get to know you because you're just trying to skip ahead to where they are, but they don't know anything about you. So I can understand the defensive, defensiveness there. Um, But yeah, Yeah. sorry, I cut you off.
6: Yeah, Ron, you know, you mentioned, writer that you, Ron had a falling out with his other friends and he's trying to fill the gap with y'all. That's why being friends with people you work with is tricky. because there's always going to be someone that feels like they're being left out of, like, a clique, which essentially y'all are. Let's mm-hmm. just call it what it is. It is a clique that Ron wants to be part of, but he can't sit with y'all. Like, this is the epitome of that. Like, he he doesn't fit in with the group, and he wants friends, and y'all don't want him to be your friend.
5: Yeah, I think if you want to be, like, above and beyond so nice... um, Ask him to like lunch, like maybe just one on one and like get see if you like him and like go get to know him in person, like take him out of the trying to infiltrate the group dynamic and see like, okay, let me actually give this guy a chance. He might be very clunky of making hasn't done this in a long time. Maybe also like he was in a fraternity or did like some sort of like academic kind of group. So then. You join the group and you're like, oh, built in friends. This is a friend like mm-hmm. that's kind of the dynamic he might be used to or a big family. Similarly, like you just you just fit right in. Um, So I would like the nicest thing, the nicest way to go about it, I would say is you hang out with him one on one. If you think he's like creepy, um, don't do this. And or right. if you like don't do that at all. Um, And then I'd have a conversation with everybody that like this is really making me uncomfortable. And then you might have to co- have a conversation with H.R., Uh, but I think like, if it's not that you can give him like a chance where it's like just getting to know him and then being like, does this person, does this person want to be friends with me or does this person want to have a friend group? Because like, that's a good way to tell if someone is actually interested in asking about you and getting to know you better and then sharing things about themselves so you can get to know better. But you haven't included anything really about that. So like, I could see where it's like, it just feels like you just we're just filling a slot for something and like Mm -hmm. there is no meaningful friendship here. And then that also makes the rest of the group not want to hang out together. If you're constantly, if he's constantly infiltrating it. And so then it affects your friendship. So I think the nice thing to do is like to give him an opportunity and a chance to be like, maybe this is just a clunky way of going about it. And if not, then I do think if that doesn't go well, I do think ultimately it is, um, this is this is Xander's responsibility Xander was being nice but um
6: you know some when you already have a friend group and the dynamics are kind of set it's hard to bring a new person
7: in
5: yeah and if you bring in a new person who's like that's not the vibe it is your job as the person who brought them in to then remove the person because Mm -hmm. also like it's Xander like doesn't it doesn't seem like um I wonder like, if it's that kind of friendship where some people are like that, where I'm like, do you even like each Like, I feel like it's just right. an obligation hangout. And some people are like that. And I'm so not. And I find like that a lot of men are like that. Not, I don't even know if these mm-hmm. are men, but specifically, I was going to say, Moss has like, not not now, but like, there are like some people where I'm like, you don't have to like, you know, hang out with them or like go, go see them. Like, if you don't like really like them, as a, like, that's just, they're taking up space and time and capacity in your life for friends when like you're not really friends like it's kind of just like this obligation sort of a thing um and that's a really hard dynamic to then bring into a friend group that's not like that
6: yeah even in like my college friend group some of us now like we were like a group of people and some of us now are like sectioned off like we're only we only talk to like certain people from like we only talk to certain people and it was funny because like even when me and CJ and Sarah got together um, over Christmas like me and Sarah have this whole different friendship than like me and CJ have a whole different friendship for like CJ didn't know about like some of the things that me and Sarah were up to in college because we had like a different branch of our friendship. Um, And then there's other people like I don't even talk to them anymore. But like if we were all together in the same place, we're all like we're all friends, but like Mm -hmm. they're just not people that I'm close to anymore because like dynamics are different with different people. So, yeah, I agree. Like maybe get to know, see if you can learn or um, get to learn more about Ron one-on-one if you don't like who he is one-on-one then that's different Xander's got to fix this
5: yeah and if he's not interested in really being friends with you one-on-one like or interested in you as a person like I think that's like a boot then that's not that's not what we're looking for
6: mm-hmm.
5: I just can't imagine this man spending that much time on a Thursday night like you have work tomorrow right. you're gonna see these people tomorrow right <laughs> also but gone. here's the thing imagine if he was like fantastic at karaoke i would go you could join the fucking group (laughs) (laughs) like if he just like he came out with like i don't know something crazy i
6: remember when we got our nails done that one time and they were having a full karaoke for the next 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 door
5: but it wasn't like people that were karaoke bar they just no
6: they just like to do karaoke the people working there were like please stop. Like, they were all rolling their eyes.
5: I know. They're like, they do it the, all. Uh, they just do. And I was like, it's just like a slow day in that other establishment, yeah. so the employees do carry out. Like, I kind of love that vibe.
1: Yeah. Hey, Megan and Melissa, longtime listener here. I, she, heard 26 wrote in last year for, but am I wrong about my sister Robin? She, heard 23, and Ted, he, him, who's now 26, who invited himself to my graduation after only dating my sister for a couple months. Thank you for validating my feelings and for your thoughts on the situation, by the way. My family put their foot down and said that he couldn't come, which turned into a whole thing, but that's the story for another time. I'm calling because they're still somewhat together after a year, and I'm really struggling with being there for my sister when I really hate this dude had started an intensive program in another state to go into the medical field this past fall and has been very busy in class and studying, and because of this, he's been treating Robin pretty terribly, telling her that the thought of her and them being in a relationship stresses him out too much, that she just needs to focus on herself and forget him, and then ask her to come visit the next day, really playing around with her feelings. She repeatedly dropped everything to drive and see him, but he's only made the drive twice for her and complained about it the entire time. In the span of two months, he essentially broke up with her three times, and now they're not officially together, but still act like boyfriend, girlfriend, and have the promise that they'll be together once his two more years of this program are over. I have a lot of issues with how he's been treating not only her, but he's been disrespectful to myself and her mom. And I've brought this up with Robin multiple times, and she just explains it away, making an excuse that he's stressed and that he's been getting better, which I don't think he has. If he improves on one issue, a new one comes up soon after. This last week, something really horrible and traumatic happened to us, and instead of comforting her and trying to help, he blamed Robin for the situation and made her feel like he was judging her and that she was a horrible person, and it took an entire day for him to come around and be supportive, never apologizing for what he said previously. I honestly thought that they were going to break up for good recently, but it didn't happen. Now he's become more clingy and controlling calling her all the time, talking about marriage and proposing when six months ago, he was very out of it that he never wanted to get married. I recently moved states to live with my sister primarily because she asked me to, and I want to be there for her and be happy for her, but I just don't know how to do that when I think that he's a total asshole. And now with the talk of them being more serious, I'm worried that I will be able to get along with him and that she's going to choose him over her family because literally none of them like him. He's supposed to visit soon for the weekend and I don't think I can be around him about speaking my mind. So I'm trying to make plans not to be around, and I can't do that forever, and I don't feel like I should have to avoid my home because he's there. My sister and I have like always been really close and I don't want to let some guy put a wedge between us, but I don't know what to do. Any advice on how to handle this situation would be much appreciated.
5: Thank you. I have different advice than I would normally give. Go for it. So Normally in these things, we say like, you know, someone's in a toxic relationship to like I've always said, like, say your thing once. The person will always remember that you've said it. But the more that you pester on it or dwell on it, you push that person farther away from you and into the arms of that horrible person. This is your sister, though. Um, And I don't know if she I think it's older or is it right? Older sister. I mean, yeah. And the whole family doesn't like him and she has been forthcoming with to you about their issues and his things from the start of this. And she has not stopped despite the fact that like your family doesn't like him. Like you've, you guys have like expressed that. So I'm, I don't think that you're in danger of saying something that will push her to him. (laughs) Then Like, But I do think that your fear of that she will choose him over the family if he proposes and does all these empty promises, I think that's a legitimate fear. I don't think there's anything you could. I don't think if you say what I'm telling you to say right now, I don't think that's going to push her to him. Um, And if it does, she was already it was always going to end up that way. But like,
0: Mm
5: -hmm. I think you need to sit down with her and be like this he's coming you said this weekend so by the time that this is out it's already happened so like assuming you're she's not going to see him for a little bit I would sit down with her not in front of like your parents and not in front of anybody else and just be like I I need to I would tell her ahead of time be like hey I need to have like a serious conversation with you are you free at this time on this day um and if not let me know I but it needs to be done quickly and sit down with her and just be like I'm coming from a place of love and this is going to sound really, really harsh, but just know that it is coming from a place of love. And I would hope to fucking God if it was the roles were reversed. I expect this out of you as a sister for me. I expect this out of my friends. And I would be livid with myself and I would be livid with you if those roles were reversed and you did not do what I'm about to do because I hope that you love me. And I would tell her with love, this is so fucking embarrassing. Like this man is so shitty. He treats you like shit. He's repeatedly treated you like shit. And at this point, I'm worried that you start to think of yourself like shit. And as somebody who knows you're not shit and knows that you're a great person and knows what you bring to the table and know how awesome you are, I'm starting to wonder if if you have any of, if that person is gone, I'm starting to wonder if you would rather be with this guy who treats you like absolute shit than to acknowledge that you're an amazing person and to acknowledge all of the great things that you have. And I am having a hard time processing, moving our relationship, knowing that you're going through this and like knowing that he's doing this to you over and over and over again. And if I had a fucking boyfriend that was treating me like this, if you didn't sit me down and say, snap the fuck out of it, like you are accepting not even breadcrumbs you're accepting like less than fucking nothing and you're gonna throw your whole fucking life away to be miserable for the rest of your life for this like crusty ass man if you didn't stop me i would hate you like i would fucking hate you you need to i would i want you to expect more of me and i expect so much more of you in this instance like he has treated you like shit over and over again this is the same pattern we know where this is going and yes this is all on him but at this point i'm wondering like what the fuck are you doing? Like, what is going on here? Like, we need to figure this out. And like, I'm here ready. Like, I'm fucking ready for it. Like to find you someone else to go out with other people to like move into a new apartment, like for a clean break. Like I'm here to support you through all of this. I know it's going to take it might take years for you to feel like you can get back on your feet. You might feel like all these other things like I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to abandon you. I'm going to do this with you. I can't say the same for this guy. This guy's not going to be there for you through be there with you through thick and thin. And that includes marriage. That includes if you want to have kids, childbirth, like I'm going to be there for you through fucking all of this. And I've been there for you through him. I've been there for like for you pre him. This is like we are fucking for lifers. We are blood like this is this is our life. This is this is we're in this together and he's not a fucking part of it. And we can do so much better. And I promise you, like, we're going to fucking work on that. And it, we're, we're going to transform your life and this is going to be amazing. And You're going to look back on yourself and be like, wh- like, where was my self-confidence? Where was my self-worth? Why did I accept that kind of behavior? Because I, as your sister, cannot sit, stand by and see your future flashing in front of my eyes and be cool with that. Like, I'm just not fucking cool with that and that we have to change this. And like, there's no other option.
6: <laughs> this man's a piece of shit. He knows he's a piece of shit. And he knows that your sister makes him better. And that's why he keeps breaking up with her because he knows I'm a piece of shit. I don't deserve her. But then when they're not talking or they're not doing anything together, he's like, I'm even more of a piece of shit. I got to get back with her to make me look better. And that's his thought process. And your sister does not know her worth. She doesn't know that there's other people that will that are out there that will treat her well, that will be better for her, that um don't look at her as someone that will complete them, but as someone that will uplift them and take them to a different level. Like she doesn't get any of that. And it's been over a year now at this point, they've broken up numerous times. She needs a cold dose of reality. And that's, you know, exactly what Megan was proposing. Because at this point, it's not that like, you know, It takes seven times for somebody to leave an abusive relationship. She's already been left well over that. Yeah. Like now you got to move into the next steps into like, you know, like this, this is what's happening. Like there's no more playing nice. There's no more. And I've had to go through with this with somebody that I knew too, that I had to be very upfront and not, and, you know, stop giving them space because they just were not getting it.
5: Yeah, you've just snapped and, the fuck out of it.
6: Yeah. Yeah. And so being talking to her like really being upfront and being honest and sh- and like sharing how you feel and like if you need your mom with you to do it too, like more power to both of y'all, but like you've got to do something.
5: I think like a sister to sister thing, like if a friend of mine tells me like this you're being embarrassing, the way i collect myself so fast there's dust in the background like that to me is like that's a grounding statement this is really embarrassing like this is really embarrassing i i it will snap me out of anything it will snap me out of anything like this is like it the way that he has made her feel like this is like so um normal again to the point where she's like just talking about it you know all of these intricacies in this and i do think her asking you to move in with her is a uh, is the subconscious thing of she needs she needs mm-hmm. you to ground her and in this case ground her is like like you said like a cold hard reality check and sometimes grounding is like building a fucking fence up and being like this guy is not coming back because also him saying 2 years he's actively telling her hey i'm going to settle for you in a couple of years he's mm-hmm. fucking other people he's hooking up with, he's doing whatever he wants and he's telling her i'm i'm going to settle for you if I don't find anything that I deem better in this time period and she's looking at it as he is setting up for our future he's getting ready he's doing all of these things like that's not what he's doing no. and he's, te- like, he's why, being so transparent
6: why does he need to wait two years to get better that doesn't make any sense
5: and he tells her like focus on yourself this is like I re- right. you should be doing like no this is I want to I'm going to hook up with other people and I'm going to treat some and other people continue. like shit
6: And I'm continue to be a piece of shit, but like just out of your eyesight. But you wait for me. And you focus on yourself because it's about you. You don't you 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 need you need help. It's not me.
5: No, I need two years until so I can see how much you've improved so that I can I can actually lock it down because he's baiting her with being like, well, maybe, you know, getting marriage and all of those things he's saying. You've got two years to make yourself into someone that I want to settle down with when that in reality, he's uh, two years and maybe maybe I'll settle for you after Mm -hmm. I've already fucked around and done all of this shit. And I want to make sure I can still treat you like shit for two years so I know I can continue to treat you like shit for the rest of our lives. Maybe uh, play this call. Let her know that it's
6: not just you, that that, that some total strength like you love her so much. But you needed to call into some strangers just to get a different perspective. And this is what they thought.
5: Yeah. And you don't even want to cut her off. Like you want Mm -hmm. to make sure how you say it is a way that like maintains this relationship between you and her because you know that you're not wrong about him. You know, it's going to end up the same way and she's going to be hurt. And you want to you want to be there for her regardless of how much it hurts you in the process. Yeah. Like that's fucking love. And your partner should love you that much. And he doesn't. All right. Well, death to men. Sorry. I Please give progressed. us an update. Keep
6: us keep us in on the loop of how this keeps transpiring.
5: All right. That's the end of the episode. We hope you all enjoyed. Uh, if you did, you can always leave us a review. We appreciate that so much. And you can call in or write in for an upcoming episode using all the things we said at the very beginning. And check out our cute new website. It's looking real it cute. It is cute. Don't blame me dot show. Yeah, that's the URL. Um, and as always, you can join our Patreon. We always love uh to hang out with you all on live streams. But you can also just watch the video versions of the podcast or you can just support the show. Keep those lights on.
6: And then if you uh get in there with uh the live stream, we also let you into our circle for playing Monopoly Go, which is its own
5: thing. Yeah. Don't you want to be bankrupt by Melissa before nine (laughs) a.m. And then yeah. we have to like apologize. i are like, so sorry, everybody. We're trading, we're trading, we're trading um, stickers. But sticker. I was like, is it called stickers? I forgot. Yeah, they're stickers. We're completing albums. We're doing the mm-hmm. challenge. Like, we're having a grand old time. And there's a literal group chat that we have specifically about Monopoly. Mm hmm. This is obviously our episode that comes out on Monday, but we do have episodes on Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday as well. So tomorrow we have our see you next Tuesday episode. It's a good one. Um, we break down what is about to be the cinema masterpiece of not only February but the year. Um, <laughs> the year. And, I'm so uh, ready for it. No, I'm so it can't come soon enough. I know. I you know, I your couldn't figure
6: out what I wanted to do for my birthday. Maybe this is what we do. We just invite the girlies over and then watch it and have a good time
5: it's going to be so good um and then we have our podcast but am i wrong on thursday where we talk about we, we talk shit ethically it's a great time mm-hmm. it's wonderful you'll enjoy it i promise and then on friday we have the episode where we read the results which if you don't know what that means it's part of the thing from from our but am i wrong episodes it's a component of that um and it's a great time we make fisting analogies <laughs> Allegories, analogies, words. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I'll see you next time.
6: Don't Blame Me is a production by me, Megan Rinks. And me, Melissa D. plus Diamond Imprint Productions.
8: Post production sound and editing by Coco Lorenz. Production assistance by Melanie D. Watson. And music by Giacomo Picasso and Ryan Hunter.